Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas, save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. So coming up later this year, there's a new identification requirement that most people are not up to date on, don't know how it works, what you got to do, and tell you what you need to know. And later yet, well, man, coronavirus thing gets more concerning for some people, scary for others. And there's also doubts. What does it mean for your wallet? I'm going to give you some sense of direction and trends, what you need to know. So right now, we'll talk about some weird stuff going on with your taxes. So if you have an outstanding debt to the IRS in a move that criminals have to be so excited about, they can't even stand it. The IRS has announced that they are going to send revenue agents to your home or business to try to get you to pay the money that you owe to the IRS. Now, this is people who haven't filed a return or haven't paid taxes they owe are potentially going to see a visit from the IRS. Now, the problem with that is that people who are crooks see this as a huge opportunity to impersonate IRS agents and show up at your home or business with a fake ID and fake demands for money that you know they're going to be randomizing who they go after, the crooks, you are probably somebody who doesn't even owe money to the IRS, but it can be very intimidating if somebody shows up and says they're a revenue agent for the IRS and they want money from you. So the IRS is targeting people who own their own business and people who make more than $100,000 a year. But the crooks aren't going to go by anything like that. They're going to go after anybody and pretend that they're an IRS agent. Now, the IRS says that they're going to highly train these people who show up in person demanding money from you. The IRS also says that they're not going to require that you buy any kind of gift cards or anything like that to pay the IRS. And you should know anybody who says that in virtually any of the scams we deal with now, that that is an automatic tip-off that somebody is a scamster, where they say you're supposed to buy some kind of gift card or green dot card or whatever so your utilities aren't shut off or whatever it is or that you're in trouble with the court and you're supposed to buy it know that that is scamster 101 and if you're visited by somebody who pretends or actually is an irs agent one way you'll know is a real irs employee is not going to demand that you turn over cash right then They're not going to demand that you buy any kind of gift cards. And 
here's the other thing. The IRS is so, so short-staffed that the number of people who will actually be visited by a legit IRS agent is teensy, teensy, teensy tiny. So know that somebody showing up, the odds are going to be overwhelming that it's a scamster impersonating the IRS, not a real agent. A real agent will try, if anything, to get you to write a check to the U.S. Department of the Treasury. They're not going to be trying to get you to hand them over cash or anything else like that. And the IRS told a reporter with the Detroit Free Press that they'll be presenting a lot of ID to people to prove they're really an IRS agent. Well, what garbage that is because criminals play that game as well. So the most important thing, whether it's a legit visit or much more likely a fake visit, don't be intimidated by anybody, even if it's a legit visit. You know, the IRS has a job to do a nasty job, but going and knocking on people's doors, I think is wrong, mean, and stupid. Now, as far as the tax scams, the other thing the Detroit Free Press wrote about is that Criminals doing tax ID theft this year are doing something specifically to beat the IRS fraud indicators that have helped reduce the amount of phony returns that have been filed in the past that you figure out once you go to file and you can't because a crook beat you to it. The crooks are filing returns instead of trying to get many, many thousands of dollars. They may even try to seek hundreds and file tons of returns against different people to generate as much cash as they can that way. Know that if you go to file, you're using tax software, which most people do, and you go to file and you can't, it means that you may be a victim of tax ID fraud and you'll have to go through a whole separate procedure that's a manual one with the IRS to process your return. Levi's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Levi. How you doing? Doing good, Clark. How are you? Great. How can I be of service to you? Yeah, so my wife and I were looking into buying our first home. Uh, but unfortunately, we have two car payments. Um, now, my question for you is, should I go ahead and completely pay off, drop a lump sum on one of the car payments, knock that down only to one, um, and then that would mean making less of a down payment on a home or keep the two car payments, but then have more of a down payment to put on the house. Okay, so there is no automatic right answer to that. In terms of how much money you had for a down payment, what percent effectively of the down payment were you planning to pay? Was it 10 percent 15 25 percent where were you uh, yeah what uh, where would i be if we didn't put the money down on the exactly car or would exactly I, if if we didn't we'd probably be in like between 10 to 15 percent okay so you're not going to be able to avoid uh private mortgage insurance necessarily anyway yeah so if you pay off the vehicle that's going to reduce your monthlies. 
and yep. that would make the payment you're going to be making going forward potentially more affordable. But it does mean the amount of money that you're not um, able to put in as down payment effectively means that you're financing over 30 years what right now you're financing over how many years do you have left on your vehicle loan? Um, my truck has two years and my wife's Jeep has three. Okay, so you're taking two or three-year money and turning it into 30-year money. Okay. Um, the, the advantage of you doing the payoff of the vehicle is it means that your payments are going to be more manageable because you're only making the mortgage payment in one vehicle loan payment instead of the mortgage plus two vehicle loan payments. Yeah. Uh, the advantage of leaving it as you're planning to, though, is you're going to reduce the outstanding balance on the mortgage that you would have by putting more money down. And it's going to require some strict financial discipline on your part that in two years' time, one vehicle's going to fall off of having a payment due on it. In three years, another vehicle falls off. And so your life will, it's almost like a method of uh, extreme budgeting that you're in yeah. if you do that. I mean, do you think you'd be able, with some sacrifice, to make the payment if you left the two vehicle loans outstanding, or would it really put you in such a bind you'd be worried about making all three payments every month? No, I don't think it would put us in that big of a bind, because we don't we don't have the house totally picked out yet, so we could just go with a little bit cheaper of a home then um, and, and go ahead that route. You know, I like that route. Um, I'm smiling as you say that because did you know that the number one indicator of how financially strong a couple becomes over time is a couple that buys a less expensive home will end up much more financially strong than a couple that buys a more expensive home. Okay. So it's actually to your advantage if having those two existing car loan obligations gets you to trade down a little in what you buy, mm -hmm. it will create more wealth for you over the years because uh, people who have expensive housing costs have a much harder time building up savings and investments for other purposes. Okay. So sure, that was a sense. long way around the barn saying that uh, not paying off one of the vehicle loans would actually be better in your case. Down the road. Yeah. No doubt. All right. And best to you with the shopping. And the good news for you is mortgage rates may hit all-time lows in the next month or so. Mary Ann's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mary Ann. Hi, Clark. Mary Ann, you got a question for me about a loan that's sitting out there. Right. I have three parent plus loans, federal parent plus loans for my daughters. And I just wanted to check. I'm trying to get them paid off within the next three years. And usually what I do is I go online each month. I pay off whatever outstanding interest there is. Then I had gotten an amortization chart on them and I pay the additional, I pay whatever I'm supposed to pay plus additional money. And I was just wondering, is that the best way to get them paid off or should be is there anything else I should be aware no, of? No, I love what you're to, doing. I mean, you're the only living, breathing person I've heard from so far this year who's printed out amortization schedules on various student loans, and that's 
fantastic you've done that because you know what the actual picture is like and what the impact is of making additional payments, uh, you know, paying additional towards principal. So you said three parent plus loans, is that what you've got? Right. Mm -hmm. Are the interest rates different on the three loans? Are they all... They are. They they are be somewhere between like four point four and six point eight. Okay, so what I would say the four point four pay only what's required, and right. any extra you throw every month goes towards the six point eight. Okay. Because then you're having the most impact in uh, right. in reducing your total carry costs of having the three student loans. Right. Okay. So it's going to feel great in three years' time, though, when you're done with all of them. I hope so. That's what I'm hoping for. And did your kids benefit from these? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All, yes. All of them have very good jobs. Well, that is great to hear. And you were so kind and loving to your kids to take out these Parent PLUS loans and make that possible for them. So... We've got something happening this year that is not really on a lot of people's radar. I've been reading one of the newspapers I read every day is the Los Angeles Times, and I've been reading stories in the Los Angeles Times about what people are going through trying to get a new driver's license right now in California, and this is something that's going to be repeated around the country Because our existing licenses that most of us are carrying are not going to be valid for you to get on an airplane and potentially do other things in your life starting this fall. And it's because of something called Real ID, which actually I think was required by law starting 15 years ago. And the deadline's been delayed again and again and again and again. And A driver's license that's compliant will have a star in the upper corner. It may have an additional symbol with it that a state may have done, like California has the bear and the star. But without that, you won't be able to get on a plane. Well, as we move closer through summer, the lines that have already been uh, like unbelievable will continue to grow because only somewhere around 30% of Americans have a compliant driver's license. Again, if you pull yours out and you look in the upper right-hand corner, you don't see a star-like symbol in that corner, you're not A-OK. Now, the math is impossible for 70% of Americans with driver's licenses to be able to get one by this fall. It cannot mathematically happen. So... The uh, Department of Homeland Security is designing a new procedure where you're going to be able to do some amount of the work online, and states will have to design systems to allow that. Good luck on that with a lot of states with their software budgets. But anyway, this is going to be a crunch for you if you ever do travel by air. So know that this is a requirement that you must meet. Or you have to use something as an alternative, a military ID, a passport, something like that. I mean, a lot of states, it's going to be easier to get a passport card and passport book than it's going to be to get a new driver's license in time to be compliant 
by the fall. So just know this is happening. Know that you have to take, when you go to renew a driver's license now, you have to go in person. You have to take a boatload of stuff with you. And the procedure that the Department of of Homeland Security is designing is where that paperwork can be submitted electronically. Because almost everybody who shows up at a driver's license office, they don't have all the documents that are required under the law and they get turned away after they may have waited hours. So make sure you fully brief yourself on what you have to take and that you have it all with you. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com are our websites. And this is a pretty tumultuous time right now health-wise and economically in the world, and one leads to the other in this case. Information on the economy that you can trust. Advice from Clark that you can use today. This is a special session of Clarkonomics. So the uh, loss of life and the fear, the illnesses that have been spreading to different countries around the world from coronavirus have created a lot of uncertainty in people and have had a devastating effect on economic activity in areas where the coronavirus so far has been concentrated, uh, in China, elsewhere in Asia, in Korea, uh, now in Europe with the big concentration of coronavirus in Italy, uh, in Iran, uh, and so... There is the potential for a continuing spread of the coronavirus with the risk of loss of life and illness, and it is tragic for the individuals and families affected, and it is very, very significant for uh, the economies around the world and now starting to have an effect here in the United States, and that's why Stock markets that have been very, very highly valued in the United States, not ridiculously highly valued, but actually inflated values typically in the United States, could see uh, quite a breather over uh, the next period of time. And if coronavirus becomes a factor in the U.S. or Canada and becomes a risk to health and life, then it will have big effects on investments. But there are many other facets of this that even if you're not in a 401k, by the way, in a 401k, just keep putting your money in every pay period, keep putting it into things like the target retirement fund. That's the, the smartest choice to do because you're doing a method of investing known as dollar cost averaging and a stock market decline in 2020 makes no difference to you down the road, but could actually make you more money as the markets decline in the short term. As long term, you're buying more shares each time when values decline. And as those shares ultimately recover, you end up with more money down the road. And speaking of money, if you have money in savings accounts, even if you're at the online banks, which is where you should be, with your money and savings because they pay 
uh, gosh, 100 times what a traditional bank pays on savings, those rates are likely headed much lower. If there's money you don't need in the next while, it would be very much to your advantage to do something I recommended last month, not related to coronavirus, but that is for you to lock your money in a one-year CD as an alternative to being in an online savings account that the same online banks offer CDs that are still paying for one year potentially more than 2%. A lot of them are to, yeah, right around 2, a little more than 2%. And the crazy thing is you get the pretty much the same interest rate on a one-year, three-year, or five-year, but now a number of financial institutions are paying less on a three-year or a five-year than they are on a one-year. That is a market indicator that a recession is baked into those rates. So the best thing now is a one-year CD. Uh, if you want to spread your money out, you can put some in one year, some in three, some in five with online banks, potentially a credit union, never a traditional bank, because traditional banks rip you off on your savings and your CDs. Uh, mortgage rates are also on a decline, and many people have been very active refinancing mortgages right now, and the rates on those could be headed fair amount lower in the next couple of days. And the big advantage, because the trend, I'm looking at interest rates of 10 and 30-year U.S. Treasuries, and there's a huge advantage right now coming into focus in the marketplace to do a 15-year refinance. And for people with troubled credit, you may even be able to get a rate in the threes on a 15-year refi, those with good credit will get a rate in the twos. And so there, there is a great advantage to overcoming inertia. A lot of people had what they thought would be the lowest loan rates they'd ever see with a 30-year fixed rate, typically in the fours. Now we're talking about you being able, if you got good credit, to be able to refi into somewhere in the twos if you'll take it down to a 15-year loan. you got to be realistic with yourself and see if you can handle what the monthly payment would be on a 15-year versus a 30, but the advantage is great. And don't just go by the headline rate. You need to know what closing costs you'll pay and if you have to pay any points. Uh, points are a junk fee that each point is 1% of the amount of money you're borrowing. If I didn't mention it, Gasoline prices are headed lower as a result of this. And as far as how low they'll go, unknown, because so much oil demand around the world has collapsed that that oil's got to go somewhere. And in the United States, we have not had any impact on the amount we're driving, but so many other places in the world have. And that, because we're in a worldwide oil market, that's going to lead to a significant drop in gasoline price. I'm not even saying potentially. It's going to lead to that drop. Uh, if, you, um, if you pay any kind of variable rate for energy, you're going to see, uh, for your home or business, you're going to see a big benefit to you 
is there's now a massive oversupply of natural gas. I talked about the oversupply of natural gas just 10 days ago, I think, and the numbers have gotten even more severe. And uh, people are now some of the biggest loser stocks on stock exchanges here in the United States and around the world or any kind of travel company. Because when people get worried about any kind of outbreak of a virus or illness, people feel psychologically much safer staying at home or close to home. And that's devastating for cruise lines. So one of the big cruise line stocks was down 10% earlier today. And airline stocks are, even though fuel is, for many airlines, their number one expense, they're still seeing declines because the demand for travel is declining. And that means if you are not afraid and you're not worried about booking travel to faraway places, you may see the best deals we've had in a long, long time to book that travel. Um, I will recommend to you, since no travel insurance covers the issues with coronavirus or any other outbreak of illness, unless you yourself are ill, if you're going to buy a travel insurance policy, you have to buy a super premium priced one that gives you an added privilege of canceling for any reason you don't have to have a reason if you have no covered reason you can still get back uh, typically 50 or 3 50 percent or 75 percent of the cost of the trip you still suffer some of the wallet hurt but you get back particularly if you buy a 75 percent policy you get back three quarters of your money if you do freak out later and say you don't want to go Um, If you're booked on a trip to Italy in the next several weeks, and Italy and areas near Milan is now in a lockdown, basically, if airlines discontinue their flights, cancel their flights into whatever Italian market you're going to, that is an automatic right for you to get a refund. But there is no right to get a refund just because they're having a health emergency So don't do anything about your ticket, even if you're not going to go to let the clock run till very close to your departure date and see if the airline, in fact, does cancel that route temporarily, suspend service temporarily, and then you get your refund. Adam is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Adam. Hey, how we doing, Clark? Great. Thank you, Adam. So you got a question for me about your 401k. Yes. So um, my company does a uh, 5% match, 100% for the first 5% plus a 2.5% lump sum at the end of every fiscal year into our 401k. I currently put... Do you know how fantastic that is? It's it's awesome. Wow. Um, So I currently do 9% of my income into that 401k. So that so instantly is, becomes, by your formula, 16 and a, half. and a half, right? Right. Wow. So my question is, should I continue to put all 9% in there, or should I drop back to the 5% to get the full 100% match plus the lump sum, then take the other 4% and do it into like an IRA or a Roth IRA on my own somewhere else? 
Good question. So the way you make that decision is if you were with, I assume, with that kind of match, you're with a larger employer? Yes. Do you know what the expenses are of the plan? Do they give you something that tells you in plain English what you're actually paying to be in their plan? Yeah, I'm paying about 10 to 12 bucks a quarter for them to manage my 401k. And then what do they charge you? What do they charge you in uh, fees on the funds you're in? That's it. I don't. I don't. I don't have to pay anything to be in it. I have to pay the. It's, it's just the like management ratio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you know what the actual percents are you're paying? Is it point one? I think it's point oh three. I think. Oh, you're in institutional chair shares. In that case, every bit of investing you do should be through that employer plan. Okay. And I have a challenge for you. Because you're already doing something so great, and then the employer's doing something just phenomenal on top. What about uh, every six months or once a year, you step up like the 9% you're doing to 10, and then six months or a year later, take the 10 to 11. And the more you put aside, the better your choices are going to be in the future, the more secure financial future you'll have. Yeah, I've actually already started doing that. I started with this company... uh, three years ago and I started at the 5% and then every time I've gotten a raise, I've added an additional 1% that'll go into my 401k. And so I plan to continue that every time I get a raise, additional uh, money is going to go into the 401k. When do we change the name of this show, The Adam Show, and you just come do this? Well, you know, I grew up in Atlanta and I used to listen to your show and read your books all the way back to like middle school. So it's all it's all thanks to you. So I have totally propagandized you and brainwashed you. 100%. I love it because you're certainly adopting the principles and it's going to uh, do so many great things for you in the future. Haley's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Haley, you got something going on that's a mess. Uh, it's a little bit of a mess. How are you, Clark? Great. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. What's the mess you got? Well, I'm on, I was checking my credit and then I realized that it was telling me I had a a really high um, percent of my credit being used, but I keep my credit card all the way paid down all the time. So, and I went, went in detail and then it said that I have this account on my mom's credit line and her card is currently maxed. So it's telling me that my credit is being completely used up. So that's was, that's that's really bad for your mom what she's doing with credit and it's hideous yeah. for you as an essentially innocent bystander. So she originally added you as an authorized user to help you get your own credit, I guess. Well, uh, I think it was just for I mean she was just trying to be helpful if I had an emergency because I was in college at the time this was 8 years ago. So. Okay, so what you want to have done is to be removed as an authorized user. Okay. If you are technically and this is always a fuzzy thing, if you are a co-owner of the account, that's not going to work. Okay. But odds are if you were young, if you were in school, you were named as an authorized user. Mm-hmm. And you want to shut that off. Okay. And that won't affect my credit as like closing an account. It will actually help your credit a lot because okay. your utilization will 
uh, go way down. Do you only yeah, have the zero. one card? No, just about. Yeah. Do I'm you, sorry, Clark. Go do ahead. Do you only have the one card in your own name? That's that's correct. Um, it's well, actually, there was another card that was put in my name, a cold card that was put in my name about seven years ago, and um, that that has zero on it. Zero, okay, so you actually it. have two lines, but one's a store card, which is usually Correct. considered to be junk credit. Right. As soon as your mom's card is no longer listing on your credit, which will take 30 to 60 days, I want you to apply for another major credit card. I want you to have at least two Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover cards, because uh, this is definitely a Noah's Ark rule that you always want to have at least two, and your credit score should go up, uh, gosh, could go up 150 points or more once you get rid of that authorized user status card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com slash ask. And then your question is answered a variety of different ways. Either you uh, are contacted by a member of Team Clark or you go right on the show with me or producer Joel asks your question for you. Yeah, Clark, Jerry has a question. He says, what's your take on doing a short sale? Is that a good idea? Short sales, I I, I don't think I've had that question in, since 2012. About short sales so it's an unusual situation you're in where you owe more on your home than what it's worth lenders are uh, there to talk to you about it you may have a tax liability if they allow you to do a short sale in the amount that they forgive but uh, this is a time that lenders are not busy with that kind of question and you'll be able to go through the procedure with them fairly quickly so if it is a circumstance where you are upside down on your home owing more than what it's worth a short sale is a viable alternative all right and matthew says i heard you talk about self lender about a year ago finally opened an account and i've not even made my first monthly payment already my credit score bumped up 51 points just wanted to give a shout out to clark and staff keep up the good work that is fantastic it's a way of you creating a credit identity and score when you haven't had one You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.